Welcome back, podcast. I hope all of you are doing well. I appreciate you being here with us for another episode. My name is Jasmine Wonders, and I'm joined by RJ Rome, as always. We're so grateful for all of you that joined us in 2020, and we hope that that continues in 2021 as we have many more guests to come. But before I jump into the episode, if you don't mind, subscribe so you're notified when these episodes come out. And if you can, write us a review. Now, let's get to the episode. So today we have Brooke Gillespie Trout. Welcome, Brooke. How are you? Thank you. I am doing well. I appreciate the opportunity to um, spend some time with you. Thanks for being here. Can you give us a brief introduction? Um, where do you Where are you from? What do you write? Yeah, I am currently living in uh, Nevada. I'm in Henderson, just outside of Las Vegas. But I I usually tell people Las Vegas because that sounds more exciting. Um, so um, I'm from Colorado and um, I you know, lived there for almost all of my life. And over the past six years, my husband and I have relocated twice. And I don't recommend that. It's a, <laughs> a lot of work I to do. I don't like moving. <laughs> no, it's really hard. It's hard enough in state, but to do it from Colorado to California to Nevada was I a nightmare. Bet. So anyway, what was, so, what was the reason for the move? Well, the Is reason, reason? for the move to California, we moved to the Bay area because of my husband's job okay. and he got a really great opportunity. So we're like, okay, we don't want to pass this up. And then f- almost four years into that, the company was purchased. And so they laid him off. Mm. And during that time, the cost of living had gone up considerably in Colorado. So we didn't want to go back there. And, uh, my husband loves Nevada, so he's like, let's just go try it. So here we are. Other nice. than Vegas, what, what else goes on in, in, in Nevada? Just curious. <laughs> um, you know, it's really Henderson is, it's just like living um, in any other suburb. Okay. Um, you've just got your chain restaurants everywhere, shopping everywhere. And, you know, it's, it's really not any different from living in Denver, except for sometimes when you're driving, you look over and there's the strip. And, uh, you know, it's a little, and we don't go to the strip very often because it's a pain in the butt to go down there. Right. Mm. It's crowded. Now you have to pay for parking and it's just living here is visiting here and living here are two different things. And, uh, you know, when you go down there as someone who lives here, it's just people are drunk at every hour of the day and (laughs) it's really annoying. So (laughs) I'm just like, okay, I'm going to just be happy in my little suburb and, you know occasionally I I think that sounds like great writing research it (laughs) is to go sit and people watch it's true it's true I I write contemporary romance and um yes Las Vegas is excellent for people watching and when we moved well not right when we moved here but my husband worked for um he's a bit of a celebrity he was his personal assistant and you talk about material (laughs) wow yeah that's good (laughs) so you know my my husband we often joke that you know he had to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement, but I didn't. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so it's been it's been a crazy ride, but yeah, excellent for people watching. So you have a couple books out. I do the Heart and Soul series. I do. Um, can you tell us about them? Yeah. So um, I have the first three books in the series out, and it's a contemporary romance. It starts in the 1980s, which I think is an excellent decade just because I experienced it and I think it has the best music in the world. 
Um, and it, the premise of it, because I started it there, is just kind of, it's a rock star on the rise, an aspiring actress who they meet at a very pivotal moment in both of their careers. They're on the cusp of becoming famous. And um, that genre of rock and roll really just thrived in the 80s. And that's why I started it there. And right. it's going to be overall nine or 10 books, and it will take them through the years and their careers and their love story. So um, like I said, I did the first book, Set It Free, was published in 2018. Then I did Let It Go in 2019. And then just a few months ago, Through the Storm um, was the third one published. So I'm I'm curious about the covers. I see okay. for two of them, you did like, I guess, like a traditional cover with a picture and everything. But the first mm-hmm. one was just a plain black cover. What What made you do that? You know, I just, I couldn't think of anything that I really wanted for the cover, except for just the logo, which, because it's a rock and roll and centers around a band, and that's the name of the band, Heart and Soul, I wanted their logo. And just a clean cover, there's the logo. And then going from there, I wanted to start getting a little more in depth with the covers. Were you nervous to do that? Because it seems like everybody, you know, at least that we've spoken to have like such Mm -hmm. a thing about how important the covers are. So I'm curious if that was like you were ever concerned about that or had any, you know, nervous about creating that one? No, I liked the cleanliness of it. And I had a couple mock-ups that I shared publicly. And the most feedback that I got was that the black background with just the logo was the one that most people liked. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of went with majority rules on that. It leaves a little mystery for the reader. It does. It does. And it's, um, yeah, it's funny. They say, don't judge a book by its cover, but that's exactly what people do. <laughs> right. Yep. <laughs> it comes time reading one. And I'm finding that the, the more I'm getting into it and I'm actually working on a collaboration right now with someone and she was so intent on this cover. And I was just like, yeah. you know, just really starting to see that. And as I'm getting to know other authors in the industry and just seeing how much work and, you know, people are so hyper-focused on the cover. And for me, yes. I'm, I, I've, I've picked up books because of the cover and I've been disappointed before. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, I didn't see that scene in the book. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> right. Sometimes I'm that reader. Um, so yeah, I try not to stress about it too much, but I am definitely realizing there's a massive importance with the cover. And these are not short like novellas, these are full length yes. novels. Yes. How long does it take you to write a book that that length? Um, you know, the first three I kind of wrote all together um, over three years, so I don't know to separate each one what length of time because my mind was just kind of all over the place that I was just writing what was coming to me. And then mm-hmm. afterwards I was kind of putting it together like a puzzle that, okay, this is going to be in book one. Here's book two. So overall the first three books took me about three years. Okay. Um, I did just recently finish writing a book that's outside of the series. It's going to be released in February and it's about as long as the second one. So it's a full length novel. And that one took me eight months. So okay. if I had to, you know, find a, a definitive timeline like that, I'd say it's probably eight months. And are you doing editing and all that in, in that eight months or are you no. hiring an editor? I do have an editor. I have two editors um, just because I love different points of view. I want, I want it to be as clean as possible. And right. I've learned so much as I've gone along. 
Um, but no, that's just strictly the writing. And then we jump into the editing and that takes another few months. So overall from the very beginning into when I get it published, it's about a year. Okay. You know, it's really nice to hear someone that didn't take like like three weeks to write a book because I think a lot of right. people speak to like, <laughs> mm-hmm. they are so quick about putting out these books and everything. So yes. it's nice to hear. It's kind of daunting because like I said, I'm working on a collaboration and we're um, releasing it at the end of the year on uh, the 31st of December. And that's what's happening right now. We're writing it really fast. And I'm just like, I'm so happy that I'm doing it because I'm learning somebody else's process. Mm-hmm. But this is not my normal process because I do like to take my time. And I'm like, oh, I thought we were going to release this next year. You know, right. Like, no, we're it can make your head it. spin a little bit. Definitely, definitely. It's yeah. um, it's a little nerve wracking too that I'm just like, ooh, I like to sit on this for at least six months before I let people start reading it. <laughs> right. So. so I'm assuming you're self-published. I am, yes. Okay. Eventually, I would like to be traditionally published, but I think I can speak for many authors that you know, you just you want to see your work come to life, and right. it's such a process. I have tried to, you know dabble in querying agents. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. It's, it's really strange. I mean, and uh, gosh, I was on some Facebook page and somebody was asking about it. Uh, You know, how do you query? How do I find one? And one other author actually told this writer to just give up and they said, don't even try to get an agent. You'll never find one. And uh, it's just like, well, screw you. First of all, (laughs) right. (laughs) Second of all, it's like, you know, I don't think that's true. I think that it's, it, it's going to take time. You're going to get tons mm-hmm. of rejections and you have to be prepared for that. But um, there's a lot of work because every agent wants something different. Right. And, you know, one agent wanted only five pages and the other one wanted 25 pages. And um, so, yeah, you have to just really take the time to do it. But that is my ultimate goal. But in the meantime, I'm still just going to self-publish. Right. I think it takes time to find the right relationship between an agent and an author. Absolutely. It's not something that you want to rush into. No. Anyway, so I agree with you there. Do your own thing. Yep. Do you have all the kind of stories plotted out for, because I saw you, you know, you're trying to put 10 books in this series. (coughs) Mm -hmm. Do you have like everything kind of, do you know like the extent of the story and how far you're going already? Or do you just kind of put out some and then kind of come up with it as you go? Um, you know, at first I was kind of just coming up as I go, but now that I've really just um, immersed myself in these characters' lives and they won't leave me alone, um, <laughs> uh, I definitely know if there's, you know, eight, nine or ten books total in the Heart and Soul series, I know what's going to happen in each book. Um, I never wanted to take the time to outline, but I do work better with an outline. Mm. So, uh, you know, I don't have them titled, but I have files where I have just a quick outline of ideas of what's going to happen in book number, this book, number eight, book, number nine, and so on. Right. And then when I'm facing those then I have that, Oh yeah, you know, I wrote that four years ago and I remember that. So. Well, that's always good. Does it yes. ever like stray from your original idea? Um, yeah, yeah, it does. I think that's, that seems normal too, is it sometimes even yeah. in mind, you know, I'll, I'll be writing and I'm like, oh, wait, 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 you know, your fingers are doing one thing and your mind is doing another. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely veers off with a series. I can't let it veer off too much because I have to remember what happened in those first books. Right. And it has to be in sync with mm-hmm. what's already, you know, happened. Yep. 
Is it difficult to stay focused on this, like writing the series and then doing things outside of that, other stories? Yeah, it is. I didn't think it would be, but it is. And um, I, because once I did my first standalone novel that, um, like I said, will be released in February, I didn't want to start writing it because I thought, oh, I could write Heart and Soul forever. Well, I wanted to write it just so I could prove that I could do something outside of the series. Mm. And once I did that, I started just kind of being inspired to do other things. And I'm like, oh, I've invested myself. I need to get back to it. Right. <laughs> so when I focus on it and I have the work in front of me, I start to, you know, warm up to it and get back into it. But it is, it's hard to balance it, but so I'm doing one it. Of, well, that's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one of the hardest things that almost every author we've spoken with has said is marketing. Mm-hmm. Is that a strength of yours or are you with the rest of us that find it extremely hard to market our books? It's definitely challenging. You know, I was working with um, a life coach for a while and I, I was telling her that, you know, that's the the hardest part. And she's just like, you need to find a way to make it fun. And so I just kind of try to get into that mindset that it's okay. It's fun. I'm learning something new and I'm learning um, you know, how to do this and how to engage other people and how to get more readers. And, uh, but it's, it's not easy. I mean, I'm, I'm learning that there is fun side to it because it is a whole new world and it gives me an appreciation of people who, who do that for a living. Um, but it, it's, it's not easy. I would say it's probably one of the hardest things to do as a published or a self-published author, but I've even heard that traditionally published authors have to really market themselves too. Mm, so, true. you know, it just, talking about yourself all the time I feel like god don't people want me to shut up you know I keep (laughs) saying you know hey here's my book here's my book here's my book and but then I have to remember especially like on social media there is so much coming into people's news feeds that I might feel like I'm talking about myself too much but they're only seeing me for a split second right so I have to remember that when I'm feeling like I'm in my head or that you know I think oh, aren't I awesome? Everyone should love me. (laughs) Then I just remember that, okay, well, they're just scrolling right on by me and maybe they're going to stop and pay attention and maybe they're not. But if I'm not talking about it and if I'm not getting excited about it, then no one's going to know about it and no one's going to get excited about it with me. I couldn't agree more. And Mm -hmm. I I'm not the best with social media. So like mm-hmm. I have trouble deciding what to actually post. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked at your Instagram and it looks like you have a good mix of your books mm-hmm. mixed with funny stuff. <laughs> um, is that like who you are in real life? Is that your personality? Definitely. You know, when I okay. don't know, I want to keep, you know, the wheels greased and keep putting content out there. And if I don't feel like promoting one of my books or I don't know what to say or whatever, when in doubt, just find a raunchy or a sarcastic post, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it works. It's fun. And I like it. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. And it's, you know, it's some levity. Mm-hmm, it's true. And I, I definitely take my work seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. And I think that's evident in my social media. So <laughs> You were doing YouTube before, or are you still doing that now? I was just asked that yesterday. Okay. It's so hard to get into that <laughs> frame of mind. Um, I was doing it, and I'm trying to to get out there. And it's funny that years and years and years ago, I um, I used to act. I was on stage, and I did local commercials, and I did a couple national commercials. And so I'm not shy to be in front of the camera, mm. but 
for some reason, the older I'm getting, it's just like, you know, it's again, getting in my head and thinking, well, nobody wants to hear what I have to say. And then again, I have to remind myself if I'm not excited about it, no one's going to get excited about it. So uh, yeah, somebody was looking at a bunch of my YouTube yesterday and they're like, why aren't you doing this anymore? I'm like, I don't know. Because <laughs> the camera adds a hundred pounds. That's why. <laughs> I find it extremely difficult to get in front of the camera. I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to overcome that except to just do it, mm-hmm. but <laughs> don't, I don't like it. You know, <laughs> Not and it's, one bit. I'll get on there and I look at some of the um, recordings that, that, you know, just talking about the books and new releases coming up. And it, I'll tell you, it's like 15 takes because I start, f- you know, flubbing my words and, I have not figured out how to edit videos and just keep talking and, you know, get over myself, but it's a lot. And then you have those ring lights that make you hot and then you get nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I just get mad at myself. Cause I'm just like, are you kidding me? You did a Chevy commercial when you were 22 years old. Come on. <laughs> so. Do you not want to still do commercials and everything like that? You know, I have thought about it, but, um, that kind of work, it's a lot of sitting around and waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot. It's like, you know, it's really not about the actors. It's about the the crew and getting the lighting and the, the sound levels right and, you know, making sure that the actors know where their marks are and then having to do it. And you're really only in front of the camera for a very short amount of time. So you're really <laughs> sitting around and waiting. Right. Um, I wanted to pursue it. And once I had children, my priorities changed mm. and, you know, now I'm just, my kids are grown and I've, I've thought about dipping my toe back into it, but I just don't know. Do your kids know that you're a writer? Oh yes. Yes. I have two daughters and um, they've both read my work. So, and they can still look me in the eye. <laughs> so, so there's some steaminess in there. Um but yeah, I've got, uh, like I said, two daughters. My oldest is a very analytical. She's um, majoring in math and studying to be an astrophysicist. Oh, wow. And I know. So two totally different people. And then my younger daughter, um, she turns 20 tomorrow. Um, she uh, is an artist. So we understand each other very well. Right. And so, yeah, they're, they're very different. But uh, yeah, they, they just, they definitely know that I'm always writing. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So is there something during the creative process that you have to have? I know some people handwrite first. Some people need, you know, just a quiet space. Is there something that you you need to be able to be creative? Silence. I definitely, <laughs> I do. I need silence. A lot. I've heard, you know, some writers that they have a playlist and, you know, they have Spotify on and they're I, like, I can't do it. Right. Um, I just, there's so much going on in my head already that I'll just get overstimulated or I'll just want to get up and start dancing. And um, so, yeah, for me, it's just silence. And for those who can write longhand, I applaud you because I cannot do that. Yeah. I cannot do (laughs) that. Jasmine does that. I definitely do. I I, I, I cannot do that. I I listen to music and everything too. That's awesome. I'm jealous. (laughs) My handwriting is horrible and my mind starts going so fast that if I write longhand afterwards, I'm like, what the hell does that even say? (laughs) Yeah, I've been there. (laughs) So yeah, I don't know. It's definitely typing all the way. So I applaud you for that. Now, with your experience in like theater, and I know you, I, I can tell you read a lot of books. Does that help you with your writing? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, it, the experience in theater really helps. So it kind of I can 
quote, get into character when I'm writing. Mm -hmm. So that really has, um, has helped me. And then reading is always a good way to, you know, get those wheels greased. And I think actually watching a lot of, um, you know, television and movies, not reality stuff, but I start to pay attention to the writing and I'm like, this is really good, you know? And I didn't do that before I was writing. I would just watch it for the entertainment. Now I listen to the words and, um, but yeah, I think that all of those definitely help. And the only thing you shouldn't do when you're reading is compare yourself to other writers because I've done that too. And that's bad. Right. So I don't recommend yes. it. <laughs> I think everybody does that. that. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not? Or yeah. how does it not influence your writing? Right. And that's a fine line, I think, for you. Okay. you Like you just said, does it influence or are you going to start mm-hmm. comparing and when I first started writing, I um, Nora Roberts is one of my favorite romance authors. And so I picked up one of her books and I started reading it and I just started crying. And, you know, my husband's like, okay, what now? Because I'm a crier. And I'm just like, I'm never going to be this good. And he's like, well, don't compare yourself. And it's really difficult. So the biggest test for me was a few years into my writing journey was to read her again and not compare myself. So Right. That's hard. I mean, it's Nora Roberts. I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's the queen of romance. I know. And I have, you're like, so many people have said Nora Roberts. My Mm -hmm. mom loves Nora Roberts. I still have not read Nora Roberts. You know, (laughs) I think I have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, it's, she's a good storyteller. Um, I like her earlier stuff. Um, My favorite of hers is the trilogy, uh, Born in Fire, Born in Ice, Born in Shame. Um, really, really good trilogy. Her stuff that she writes now, I've kind of found myself drifting away from, not because she's not good, but I think my taste is just kind of changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another huge inspiration for me is Jackie Collins. And um, she's just, you know, so raunchy and so willing to just put it all out there that if I ever question anything, I'm like, okay, well, Jackie did it. So I can, right. you know, <laughs> so she really Someone did it me before me. Exactly. Yeah. So she's a big inspiration too. How'd you find her books? Um, I found Jackie Collins through, I think one of my friends was reading it. I start, I read her first one in the, the San Angelo series, Chances, mm. when I was about 14 years old. Wow. <laughs> and I remember hiding it from my mother because I thought I was going to get in trouble. And my mom found it and she started reading it. And so then I realized that, you know, my mom and I shared that love. Like you said that your mother loves Nora Roberts. My mom loved Nora Roberts. And um, yeah. So, I mean, just, it was just funny to discover that my mom, first of all, didn't blink that her 14 year old was reading Jackie Collins. (laughs) (laughs) And then second of all, just, you know, I realized that she liked her too. So anytime one of us would buy a book, we would just share it back and forth. So. And I, and I see that I saw that you have your husband as your manager I have like a two-part question to this. <laughs> Go ahead. What is his, I guess, his role and like what kind of, like what does that entail? And then what is it like having him as that manager? You know, it's, um, that term is kind of used loosely right now because I'm, you know, doing everything self-published. But right. when it comes to like the business end of things that I just, you know, numbers, um, business part of it, he just takes care of that because He's really good for me because he reads my work as I go. So it keeps me in line and, you know, it keeps me on task, but it's just when it comes down to, um, I used book baby to publish and he's the one who does all the communication with them. And cause I'll just get lost. I admit it. I'm just like, (laughs) what? 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So he's got a very good head for business. So when it comes to things like that, that's where he steps in. Okay. Does he help with the marketing too? Well, he was supposed to, but he hasn't done much. So I <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> I, I've said that more than once. I have said that to you. More it's like, I love you, but you're fired. Goodbye. I'm done. <laughs> I always tell him if he's not doing something in the, the time frame in which I want it done mm. that I'm cutting him off and he's not there allowed you go. to read my work. And he's like, no. <laughs> so no, he's been really supportive. So that's good. Does he feel weird when he reads like the steamier parts? No, he'll be a guy and he'll leave me a funny note on my computer. The next <laughs> oh, <week. laughs> like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how censored you get if I can say something tacky, but <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> in, it's in a, a book that's coming out, the one that's coming out in February. And, uh, you know, he reads at night after I go to sleep and I woke up the next morning <laughs> and there's a post-it on my, my computer. That, oh, he got a blow job. And I was oh. like, oh my God, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's funny, you know, he'll read it and he'll tell me it's good, but he definitely has to have that side of sass because he's a guy so that's funny i feel like rj's husband would be exactly the same way <laughs> he's not a reader though i don't think i'll ever have to worry about him doing that <laughs> that's funny he, he hasn't read any of my work so oh I'm really happy about that <laughs> <laughs> well you know it was, it was weird at first you know when he would read the sex scenes that he looked at me once and he's just like, are you writing this? Cause this is what you want to do. And I was like, oh, right. no. <laughs> I'm writing it because it's what the characters are doing. Grow up. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yes. But we're past that now. He can be a little bit mature about it now. <laughs> That's good. I mean, unless it comes to a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Love it. Um, so you just said book baby and I haven't heard of that. What is that? You said you published through it. Yeah, they're a um, publisher. Um, they help with, uh, you know, you can publish an ebook through them or um, printing. They also offer print on demand. You know, when you go through them, they'll get the book on all the platforms, whether it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble. And so it's just um, a multi-level uh, with their publishing. They offer everything. Is it pretty expensive or you think it, it's affordable for a first time just starting out author? It's pretty expensive. Um, their customer service is amazing and their questions. I mean, they're there all the time. Anytime we have a question or I should say my husband, since I make him do that, but they're really quick about getting back to us. The first time, you know, we, the first book we, I published, they really walked me through it. So, um, but they are pricey. And, you know, their ebook, if you just do an ebook, it's more affordable, but to do the printed copies was like a lot of money. <laughs> so, but I do recommend them. They're very good. Is this print on demand copies or are you physically buying, like paying for the copies and then print on like, demand bulk? is more affordable, but yeah, I did purchase a certain, <clears throat> excuse me, a certain amount with um, each one that I've published. Because I have, you know, friends who are like, I want it directly from you. And they want me to sign it, which is flattering. All so, right. um, you know, I definitely appreciate that. And, of course, you know, I want to be able to hold it in my hands as well. And um, so, yeah, I, I had the small amount that I have myself. And then they offer print on demand. So anyone can get it that way, too. So are you doing this full time? Or is this um, something you're doing on the side? Right now I'm doing it full time because I lost my job. Thank you, Rona. <laughs> 
Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> One of the casualties there. Um, you know, but I, I was able to juggle it when I was working full time, but, um, yeah, I had uh, just started a job and three days into it, the world shut down wow. and, you know, they sent us all home and they said, you know, we're essential, but I was working the front desk as an admin and mm. they said, well, you can't do that from home. So we're eliminating your position. Thanks, but no thanks. And it's just, kind of, yeah, it was really, yeah, it hurt. Um, so, but I've been productive and somehow we're getting by. It's not easy, but you know, I would love to be able to do this full time and not do anything else because I'm getting a taste of it right now. Right. right. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So I do like it. I love it. But, you know, it's been this is just a really weird time for everyone. It is. Yeah. If someone had told me this was going to happen like a year or two ago, I would have said you're crazy. <laughs> like this will <laughs> never happen. <laughs> Surprise. No, I um, had. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I had went to this world conference in January and I remember hearing about this, like right when I was coming home from this conference. And then I came down with a cold when I got home and my friend was like, be careful. There's a virus going around. I was like, whatever. Mm. And then two months later, it was like, oh, wow, there really is. <laughs> so yeah. You were probably thinking quick. the flu was coming and uh, right. the flu was going around. Yeah. <laughs> so has that thrown off your writing any, or you, you said you've been productive. Um, yeah, I, I no, it's actually been making it better because I really, I don't do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> not leaving the house and, you know, not working outside of the home. So I, uh, I have a virtual administration business that I was working on, but, um, at the end of the year, one of my contracts ended and then a few months ago, one of my clients went with someone else. So everything stopped and, right. It's, you know, it was kind of like sad, you know, kicking the dirt, like, oh, bummer, you know, but at the same time, I was like, all right, well, I've been given the gift of time, so mm. use it wisely. I was going to say, you sound pretty positive. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm by nature a reclusive person, so this really has kind of been good. <laughs> right. I agree. Yeah. yeah so. my, my friends are all like going crazy because they can't leave the house, and I'm like, I am perfectly fine. Exactly. <laughs> like don't come over here i know i am fine just reading yeah, and writing exactly exactly my sister's very social and she, I, I need to get out i need to get out i'm like oh, no i'm good i'm good you guys go <laughs> have you ever considered dabbling in a different genre than what you write currently um i have considered it okay. but i don't think i'll ever do it okay um you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I think this is just the, where I'm most comfortable. And I think where um, I'm thriving and for me to, I'm not even sure what I would do. I mean, I don't want to write about people being murdered or stuff like that. I have a weak stomach, you know, it's like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that kind of research because I'm afraid of what images would pop up, right. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I'm not into paranormal and, you know, it doesn't mean I won't read it, but I just, you know, for writing it, no. I will just stick with what I know. That's that's probably smart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in the Heart and Soul series, you said the main character, the male lead main character was based or inspired by Axl Rose. And mm -hmm. I think I saw somewhere that you actually met Axl Rose. I did not meet him. Um, okay. His, uh, Slater Heart is 100% inspired by 1980s, 1990s Axl Rose. Um, just that the overall look... 
I think he in his day was a sexy rock star. Um, just, yeah, so 100% inspired by him. I did dedicate the first book to him because I just, over the years, I had started to write a book and stopped and started and stopped and so on and so on. And this was the only one I followed through with. And I just, you know, I, I gave him a lot of credit for that. And it may sound cheesy, but I was just like, no, this guy's really cool. And I love his music and it was really fun. And um, so, yeah, but no, I have not met him. I, you know, have associated with people connected with him, but no, I've not met him. But at one point I thought, oh, I want him to read it because I want to say thank you because he inspired me. But then the more I'm just going on, I'm like, no, I don't want him to read it. I'm afraid I won't like him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to meet him. I don't want him to read it. I just don't. They say don't meet your idols. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, I just recently had a little bit of a brush with this myself, not with him, but with a different person who is in the public eye. And I was like, oh, at first, yay. And now I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) It got ruined, but whatever. It's all good. All right. right, So we have a couple minutes left. Tell us what's coming up. What's next? Um, What's next is my collaboration. I'm working with Trisha Harley McCarthy on a novella, a holiday novella called The Wish. And it's um, based around a New Year's Eve story. And that's when we're publishing it on New Year's Eve. And yeah, so that's been interesting collaborating with another writer. It's definitely given me a massive respect for everyone's process. Is it an anthology or is it like a co-write? It's like um, just a co-write. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the, I wrote the part of one character. She wrote the part of another. So that's been, and there's been no outline. So it's been very, very interesting to me. I'm just like, it's like it been two months of improv, um, <laughs> but it's been fun. It's been a good process. And then in February, I will be publishing my first standalone novel. It's contemporary romance, and it's titled The Art of Zen. And it's um, an opposites attract feature where you have your artist who doesn't mind making a mess with your businessman who likes things neat and tidy. So <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Together. <laughs> that one was a lot of fun to write, and I've gotten some good feedback on that from some beta readers. So I'm excited to get that one out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with us. Yes. Best of luck to you. Thank you. And congrats with your new releases and your series. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next interview with author Wendy Koch. Until next time. (gasps) 